Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My guest today is Jennifer Aruzio. She's a master intuitive and founder of Soul Language. And you guys, this woman is powerful and magical. And I'm so excited for you all to meet her. So welcome, Jennifer. Well, thank you so much. I'm blushing. Um, I'm excited to be here. I just think you are freaking amazing. And I know we're going to have fun together. So thank you for inviting me. You are welcome. All right, let's get right to it. Um, Let's start by, will you explain what soul language is to us, please? Sure. Um, Several years ago, about almost over 10 now, um, I was asking some big questions like, okay, I know my life purpose, and uh, but where are my people? And I'm kind of pissed off, so where's my community? And I was speaking at a, an event, and this woman sat down next to me and went, we're going to be friends. And I went, totally. And then my inside voice was like, why her? Because the woman across the way looks really nice, but I don't care if I ever talk to her again. What is that? And what I heard was soul language. I was like, okay, I'm going to keep asking questions. And what soul language is, it's a tangible way to put some connection and some tangibility to soul so you can create a conscious connection so you can actually create a structure and participate in consciousness it puts words to what you know deep down inside so then you can actively talk to your soul and receive direct clear guidance so how do we know what our soul language is well you have to actually turn to a practitioner Uh, It's a process. We do it through therapeutic kinesiology or muscle testing. We each have three, and a practitioner will actually use their body to test on your soul's behalf and determine what your three languages are. So you speak one language in three different categories, your mission, how you feel that mission, and then your soulful personality. And I can give a one-liner to every soul on this planet. So what that allows someone to do is go, okay, that's my mild marker. That is where I want to be in consciousness. And if I'm not being and doing that, then I'm going to create struggle, whether it's really huge struggle or very sneaky struggle. And so that's how someone identifies their soul languages. I love that description right there of really huge struggle versus really sneaky struggle. Yeah. Sneaky is the worst kind because it's like the pebble in the shoe. And I think sneaky comes up for people who've been on the path for a while um they usually say but i've worked on that and i'm like great let's do it again (laughs) right you know it's it's those ones that are in master healers you know spiritual people that are in their practice and what sneaky struggles about is like everything's going well everything's good but there's a deep sense that there could be better or there could be more expansion and and i think it often happens with, with master healers because they're healers and because they're utilizing their own practice. And we, as our consciousness grows, so does ego. And ego gets smarter. And it, you know, it's here to keep you safe and 
to create action. And so it comes up with different tools on how to do that. Yeah, because it's sneaky. Yep. It's way smarter than we are. <laughs> and you called, the first time I met you, you called me out on such a life-changing thing. You called me out on fully receiving. I'm nodding my head. Everyone can't see that, but I'm nodding my head. I think we're receiving all the time. You know, the, the challenge is, is, is truly receiving what you want. And for people like you and like me who are so profound, you know, of service and healers, we receive and we spit it right back out. And there's no pausing in that receiving. There's no kind of rolling around in it. Um, we really receive in order to give. And so we're kind of running a little bit on empty all the time. And, and when you begin to fully receive, you kind of, you, and I'm not just talking about tangible stuff. I'm talking about profound knowing that you're loved and supported, that profound connection of divinity. What that allows you to do is allows you to, to feel a deeper sense of peace. It also allows you to really feel full and fulfilled because you're not always on this hamster wheel of giving, receiving, giving, receiving, giving, receiving. Yeah. And for me, it showed up too in this desire for everything to be fair. Like if somebody gives to me, I want to give to them and I want to do it right away. Right. Yet we forget the act of someone giving is already giving back. And, you know, if you keep you know, and I'm an equalizer. That's my mission here. It's all about creating the perfect form of balance first for myself and then for others. So I get the equality thing. And if we keep kind of keeping tabs or giving and receiving that way, um, we actually break down the giving and receiving circle because we're trying to separate them. And so when you just pause in the receiving and it, and it could just be an opening up, allowing your heart to fully receive it, or just pausing in the thank you, or, you know, just going, thank you so much, and waiting till you give back. I, I was um, talking to a friend of mine this week, and she was helping me do a, she's doing a prayer for me, and we sat there, and we did the prayer, and I felt a shift, and I was like, okay, so when can I, help? and she goes, whoa, let's just pause, let's get back to that, right, and so, so often, we don't allow that pause, you know, even if you just allow it for one second longer, you're going to really kind of allow your, your body, your cells, your frequency to suck up that energy before you spit it back out into the universe. Yeah. And gratitude is so powerful. I know when I allow myself to really, truly feel gratitude, oh, it's an intense feeling. Yeah, and I do, I've done drive-by gratitude most of my life. So I'll, I'll tell you what it sounds like. So, oh my God, thank you so much for blah, blah, blah. But by the way, I don't have blah, 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 right? Like it's like boom, boom. So, you know, for me, gratitude, especially with warrior energy, um, is something that I actually have to practice at, that I actually have to make space for it, that I actually have to pause, that I actually have to commit myself to doing. Um, and it's interesting when you, when you even put a little more consciousness there, all of the amazing stuff that is attracted to you or shows up to you because you're just pausing and allowing something 
to settle and and everything likes to be thanked the universe your dog your friend you know um i used to make fun of my friend i no longer do years ago because she would throw out the milk carton and go thanks you've been great i'm like you're thanking the milk <laughs> but she was totally right you know like that is puts you in this place of bliss and receiving and it, it puts you in what people call flow mm -hmm. and so you know, and you have to create a gratitude practice that fits in who you are and you can implement it easy in your life or you're not going to practice it. Yeah. And I think it really becomes a way of being. Yes. When you, when you commit to it, you will change it. It will become an integrated part of who you are. And then you'll want your soul will go more, 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 and then you'll get to do the whole process over again. Yay. I, I love gratitude. And I love how you just pointed out that gratitude leads to flow, which is my favorite place to be. <laughs> Who doesn't like to be in the flow? I hate it. No, I mean, I think, and the, the funny thing is, is most of us don't realize that we're in the flow until we're out of it. Right. You know, and I think, and it's, and what's really amazing about flow is that you can step back into that energy stream anytime you want. It's that easy. And, and I think so often we make metaphysics and universal principles really hard when they're really not. Um, and, you know, it could be as easy or easy as going, okay, divine intelligence, which is our body, which doesn't have free will which will do exactly what you ask it to do. Uh, even if you've never felt that before, you know, simply going divine intelligence put me in the consciousness of flow. And I just breathe, like I took a deep breath, right? Like, and if you have to do that a million times a day before you can feel a rhythm, you do it a million times a day. I, you know, I think that, I think people are so hard about with themselves when it comes to being conscious. And, you know, they kind of think it's like one-stop shopping. Okay, I've done that, so I'm conscious for the rest of my life. Um, where it's really a practice, it's an ongoing dedication. Yeah, it is. I'm just, I'm thinking, well, next workout I have, I'm going to ask to be put in flow every I time I that. fall out. I love that. And you know what? That's amazing, too, because as you do that, you know movement releases you know, it's like that. I keep doing this reference today. It's like the dog shaking the water out of its fur, right? That movement will release that what people call stuck energy. So as you're doing that, as you're moving, you're releasing the stuck energy and you're actually activating more flow in your body. And so you'll be an unstoppable free trade of goodness. Wow. That is such a gem. An unstoppable free train of goodness. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, I want to get back to soul language in a little bit, but first of all, let's talk more about your story and your journey. Have you always been intuitive? Um, yes. You know, I've always known you were intuitive. Yeah. I mean, one of my memories, I mean, I was older, but I was like, I don't know. I was in high school and my father walked in, my parents were divorced. My father walked in. I was like, great grandmother died. And he's like, your mother told you? And I was like, no, she didn't told, tell me, but I don't know how I knew. I just knew, right? 
you know, I've always said things where I'm laughing at all the things I've said. I've always said things where people are like, how do you know that? I was like, I don't really know how I know that. You know, I set on a path of actually determining how I received my intuition and to consciously talk to my soul to receive more. Because that's what intuition is. It's just your soul talking to you, right? Um, and the divine talking to you. So I set on a path about really working that muscle. And, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, an old friend that has known me since my public relation days. And I was like, yeah, she's like, you were grumpy back then. I was like, that's really sweet of you to put it that way. But I was an angry, hateful person. She's like, no, you weren't. I was like, no, you were able to see the goodness, but it was covered in anger and rage. And, you know, I think that my journey has been about really accepting my profound difference and realizing I'm not so different, right? Like, I, w I was always for the underdog. I still am. I, I was always, you know, never wore the right shoes in corporate America kind of thing. Like, you know, and I think my journey has been a really about embracing who I am and really putting a, an amazing voice to it. And, you know, it's been corporate America. Then I remember going, remember being on the phone with a client, an international coach for two hours talking about her daughter and her relationship and, and counseling her. And I hung up the phone and I worked with my best friend who owned the company at the time. She's like, did you just, I was like, yeah, I got, that's going to not lead good places. I was like, I can feel it. Like she loves me now. And two weeks later she fired us citing that I didn't, that I, Jennifer Rizzio didn't get who she was or her business, but I saw beyond the curtain. Mm. And that was the moment where I was like, listen, er, in two months, I'm going to go freelance. And two months comes, and it's the day before I'm supposed to go freelance, and I've totally forgotten about it. And Erin's like, so, going freelance tomorrow? I was like, what? She's like, oh, I've already made plans. She didn't. But, you know, that was like the push, you know, that I was like, oh, okay, so this is happening. And... You know, people have always said, well, how did you trust your intuition? How? I was like, there was no choice. You know, I was going downhill on a bike with no brakes. There was no choice. I had to trust. I had to take the next step. I had to kind of make my life work, so to speak, without the nine to five. Um, and I think that's what I also bring to clients because there's, there's no other choice, meaning you're going to declare it, it's going to come true. That was a whole lot of, I hope I answered your question. Well, you did, but I have a bunch more. I love it. Um, <laughs> so were you using your intuition when you were in corporate America? Oh yeah, I was answer girl. They would come up to me and I ran a team and they'd be like, okay, so who should I call for this pitch? I was like, call that guy. And they would go off and they would come, they're like, oh my God, he's going to do the story. I was like, uh-huh. Or they would ask a question and they'd be like, Jen, do you know? And I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. and they would look it up and they'd be like, you're totally right. How'd you know that? I was like, I have no clue. So, um, yeah, I'd used it all the time. I just didn't know I was using it. Mm. And I think that's the key to understand first when you're using it 
And then what will happen is you'll be, it will integrate so much that you don't think you're using it anymore. And then you'll want more gifts and then something new and exciting will happen. And then that integration will happen. So, you know, over the last 10 years, my abilities have grown just because I'm tuning in more and I'm, I'm listening less to fear and more to goodness. So intuition has an easier place in my life. Yeah, that, I like that, an easier place in your life. Okay, backing up now to when you knew your great-grandmother died. Okay, so I had a similar experience in college. I knew when my grandmother died and my parents didn't tell me because I was in exams. And it really, it didn't, it didn't feel good to me. Um, so I, and I feel like as a result of that, I actually shut off my intuition. I stopped listening to it a little bit. Did that happen to you or were you totally okay with it? Like knowing somebody died? I've never shut off my intuition. Um, never. I've shut off other gifts. Um, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to be able to see like time speed up and time slow down. And as a little kid, that freaks you out because you're thinking, oh my God, I'm dying. Like I remember going, what's happening? So I shut that off. And several years ago, I kind of turned that back on in a way to kind of speed up my own personal time or slow it down. Um, but I've never shut off my intuition. And, and your story, horrible as it is, is not uncommon. Um, what I think people don't realize is it's not the intuition that doesn't feel good. It's all the feelings about what that intuition is telling you, right? So, you know, the, your grandmother's dead didn't feel bad. It just felt maybe like a pop in your head or a visual or, or knowing, right? But it's all the stuff that happened after that. Like, how come my parents didn't know me? I don't have a chance to mourn. Like, it's that. And I think slowly healing um, those experiences and knowing that, that your soul, your intuition, divinity is only here to support you, allows you to open it up. And then I would tell people in that situation to start to play with it in a way that's safe. So when the phone rings, so now we have all caller ID, so it doesn't apply. But when the phone rings, just go, who's calling? Or, you know, notice it on a little daily basis so it's not so life and death. So it's not so information that you need to know. And when people turn off their intuition, when they need to hear it, like when you need to step out away from the curve kind of thing, it gets really, really loud. And I think that's what scares people too. You know, that, oh my God, you've got to listen because you're in danger kind of thing. Um, so start off slow, keep an intuition journal and keep filling your, your body with safety. Divine intelligence, fill my body with the feeling of knowing I'm safe. And receive help, get help. Because intuition... To be a highly intuitive person, to utilize it in every moment of your life, there are protocols, there are procedures, there's information that a mentor will know that you don't know. So um, you learned how to read, so get someone to help you with intuition. That's my mm -hmm. suggestion across the board. So what kind of things can a mentor teach us? 
they can teach you about, you know, what you do when you feel someone's energy rather than ingest it. They can, which is so freaking important, um, which I just caught my own self in it the other day. I was like, I, I have a prayer that I say that releases anyone else's stuff. And I just popped into my head. So I said it and I was like, whoa, didn't know that was on, right? Um, they can teach you about the way you see. They can teach you about um, some of the symbolism you might be seeing, ways to utilize it more. Um, they can teach you how not to be afraid of it. You know, and it's really sometimes I think it's so beneficial to hear someone go, okay, you're not crazy. You know, this is normal. Um, and also to help you understand, you know, the difference between guides and teachers. Whoa. Oh, almost <laughs> lost the camera there. Guides and teachers, your soul versus the divine. You know, I think there's a lot of metaphysical mumbo jumbo out there that um, gives away power to our guides and our teachers, our metaphysical teachers, um, which annoys me because people will go, well, my guide said so. And I'm like, well, what do you think? You know, um, and there's a, there's, there's a lot of kind of structure and rules to support intuition that make it easier for you and less struggle. Like what? That, you know, when people, so when we're using your intuition, you know, so often people will go, oh, I got an intuitive hit for you. Let me tell you about it. And they never ask, you know, it's so important that you ask permission when sharing knowledge. And if a person says, no, you don't share. And I think a lot of people who are using their intuition at the moment or the beginnings of it, and some metaphysical teachers are inappropriate, you know? Um, healers never, ever, 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 ever should work on anyone without their, their permission. And that's not like, well, I got permission from their higher self. No. You need the human permission. Anything else is a violation of free will and it will come back. And I don't care what structure you've created. It's just wrong. And I think there's a lot of um, healer ego out there that when you have a good metaphysical support team and a metaphysical support teacher that um, will save you a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. Yeah, that's really helpful to share. Thanks. And it was a little bit about my soapbox. So um, I'm just really passionate about, I've seen the struggle that has been caused because, you know, people have been inappropriately taught to utilize their gifts and talent. Yeah, it's something we're not learned. We're not learned. We're not taught in no, school. We're not. Yeah. No, we're actually taught, you know, my, back to my best friend, her son, who's like 14 now, but when he first went to kindergarten, she called me, she's like, there's nothing in this green folder today. I was like, okay, what are you talking about? She's like, the teacher put him in the car and said, there's nothing in his green folder. It's okay. But Eric chose not to participate today. And I was like, yeah, give him a gold star. She's like, what? I was like, from the moment that kid has been out of the belly we've asked the kids 
what is he feeling? What does he want? What does he need? I go, and he's expressing it. And now there's nothing in his green folder and you're freaking out. Like, you know, I think we're taught, and rightly so, we all need structure and rules, but sometimes our gifts are beaten out of us because the rule is more important. Yes. Yeah, I talk about that as our, so I, our intuition, our soul, the, in my language, is that you're awesome. That's what makes you unique. That makes what's make you makes you powerful. That's the way you're going to change the world. And throughout our whole lives, people are telling us, "Be like everyone else. Follow the rules. Do these things you should do." Yeah. That's pulling us away from our awesome. That's awesomeness. Yeah. Yeah. That makes you like, you know, it, it's astounding when you when you tell someone soul language, and nine out of ten times I hear, "Oh my God, I get to accept this part of me." I'm like, "Yeah." They're mm. like, "Oh my God, that part's great." I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "But that part's been told that." I was like, "No." Like, this is your divine nature. Like, let's embrace it. And you watch a deep sense of freedom come over the, the individual because they've accepted a part that they've been trying to deny most of their lives. I tried to deny my warrior side, but yet was warrior in not a conscious way most of my life. And it made me angry. So is that what, is that how it shows up? If we deny our soul language, will it show up? in like the come not so much as a strength of ours it will show up as suffering unconscious behavior um anger resentment disappointment a feeling of being lost um a feeling of not knowing your place of not understanding your purpose like all of those things that feel icky when we don't accept our essential nature they will appear and it and it's not because you've done anything wrong, but it's just because you're trying to get your own attention to transform it and to move into acceptance. It's a much easier place to accept every part of you than to be in non-acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. That's we could stop. we could stop right now, right now. <laughs> but let's not. Let's keep traveling around here. Um, I want to know more about so how many different soul languages are there? I mean, there are three. There's three categories and there's yeah. 107 across the three categories. Okay, how did you create this? Oh, I sat down at my computer every day for six months and I asked questions. And I would ask a question and a book would fall off my bookshelf. And I'd be like, oh, that's a soul language. And I didn't know that I was collecting this information for years. I would hear a song, I was like, oh my God, that's a song. Like, it became, I was this giant, like, antenna for this information. And I still am, but now it's more contained for about six months. And then I started identifying people through therapeutic kinesiology. And I identified this woman who knew nothing about the 107 languages, knew nothing about what I was doing. And I identified one of her soul languages as a partner. I was like, so how does that resonate with you? And she said, before I got on the phone, I asked myself, Jennifer asked me my soul language, what would it be? She said, and I wrote down the word partner and I burst out hysterically crying. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, are you okay now? 
for a warrior to cry is kind of big because I don't do it small. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm fine. You just told me I'm not crazy. And so I kept hearing the same thing over and over again about after I identified a person's soul language. So I knew that it was gold. And now we have, we're going to have by the end of summer, 15 practitioners using soul language in their sacred work. And I think we're about identified, I think we're about 5,000 people at this point. Like that's, we've hit, you know, we've hit the golden monkey. And, you know, my mission here, my purpose here is to uh, alleviate suffering through connection. And, and soul language is a really good pathway of connection. And I don't care if you connect using a rock. You just have to do it more because it will alleviate the conflict within you and that will allow you to transform which will allow the planet to transform and um i want everyone to be happy as hallmarky as that sounds i mean i roll my eyes when i say it because it sounds so hallmarky but i really just want everyone to be happy and connected and when we're connected there's nothing like it there's really nothing like it it's the best chocolate sex cake wrapped up in like Paris feeling. Those are all the things I love by the way. So have you, in those 5,000 people who have had their soul language identified, have you actually had somebody, are there any soul languages that haven't yet been seen in an actual client? Um, no, they all have had, but a practitioner will collect languages. So there's languages that I hardly ever see while, um, someone like Jennifer Church would, would see it. She's another practitioner, um, a lot. So I love prophets. I love matriarch patriarchs. I love warrior languages. Um, I have something dedicated for those energies. But we've all seen all 107. There hasn't been a language I haven't seen yet. And do people tend to, like, do you notice similarities across the soul languages? Like, people that are certain types of their prophets, they tend to be in this line of work or? Yeah, I mean, prophets are always going to be wanting to have a message and some sort of forum for it. Um, yes, but they also they go through energy transformations in groups. So a couple, about seven years ago, um, mentor, which is a, a mission language, I was identifying a slew of them. And by the third one, I was like, look, you're gonna wanna take a sabbatical. She's like, oh my God, how'd you know? I was like, cause you're my third mentor that now is in this, I need to take a sabbatical energy. And so, which is really fascinating. So as we transform, we offer that into that energy of everyone who's connected to that energy. And so there's waves of transformation. So it happens more energetically on that level than all the prophets are writers. But almost all the prophets I know have this mission that they, and this message that they really profoundly want to share with the world. Um, so that's kind of an overall consciousness. They also have the, <clears throat> most of them have that unconscious of like, oh my God, I'm going to be stoned to death if I share it, right? So there's that back and forth. Um, we're all one, right? We're just the individualization of the one. So we're all going to have similarities. 
Um, but the way we connect is much different. So what you experience in your connection of your divinity is not like my experience of my connection with the divinity. That's extremely personal. And I think that's where the real gold is rather than our pain. Our pain's like everyone else. We all have the same type of pain. Our experiences are a little different, but we're all pain across the board. My, friend, my boyfriend Warner likes to say pain is personal a lot. We disagree. I'm like, no, it's actually not. It's not. Like, um, connection is more personal. And I think that's what's really brilliant about soul language because it's a consciousness. It's always changing, meaning we're always adding to the definitions. Um, but it's a structure for people to make their personal connection. And then to use that structure to move from struggle or unconscious to consciousness. And that's pretty cool from where I'm sitting anyway. Oh, it's pretty cool over here too. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, is there a way for people to, with the same soul languages to connect? Oh yeah. Um, I have a Facebook group um, called Spiritual Renegades. And then I usually make those connections as well. So I'd be like, oh, you need to talk to blah, blah, blah. Um, you're a prophet. There's, there's tons of prophets in the Renegade group, right? Um, so, yeah, there's always a way to connect. We, you can do it like go, okay, Jen, I need to connect with blah, 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 and I'll sit you up on one-on-one -on -one dates. Or you can do it through the Facebook community, um, which is really cool. When I first started, about five years after, we had a a soul language get together and I got to see all the, you know, like you would, it was like little clicks, like all the observers were over here talking and all the nurturers were over here talking. And, um, when you connect with someone who speaks your same soul language speaks in quotes, you get to have a conversation about experiences that the details are this different, but the experience is so eerily the same. And you get to hear about an experience from one point of view and you get to tell it from another point of view. So you get to see something with like through a 360 degree lens, which adds to the dimension of that experience so you can integrate that wisdom in a more profound way. Um, and when you hang out with someone who speaks your soul language, you have an amplification of power. So if you're creating something and you're both maintaining your consciousness level, it will go easier and smoother and be bigger. Um, if you don't, it can implode, but you know, that's a whole nother subject. Um, so yeah, I hardly ever hang out with people. That's not, that's a lie. So lately I've been identifying a bunch of teachers of integrity, which is how I'll be known here. Like almost every person I've identified in the last three months in one shape, form or another either their personal soul or their business soul is a teacher of integrity. So I've been hanging out with that energy, but for years I never hung out with people who spoke my same language. So um, now I get to play and I get to see the huge shifts in energy that's occurring for that energy. It's fun. And then there's the contrast of hanging out with someone that you have nothing in common with energetically and all of that richness that's brought to your soul through that energy.
Mm. So do you and your boyfriend have very different soul languages? I don't know Warner's soul languages. Oh. And that shocks everyone. And I'll tell you why. Because several years ago, I had a boyfriend where I did identify as soul languages. And it became a very metaphysical relationship. And I wanted, I wanted love tangible. I wanted it here. I wanted something that, and, and listen, we are metaphysical, me and Warner, but I wanted something of this earth. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to, to know those languages. I don't want to have that information in the back of my head going, oh, he's acting unconsciously. I, I want it to be really us in full partnership. So I haven't identified them. That's, yeah. It's that's kind of I have some suspicions, but I, you know, then when I think it is, he'll do something. I'm like, oh, that's not. So I have no idea. I, I love that. I love the, the comfort with the uncertainty. Uh, you know, it's, he's my person and I know he's my person. Um, and it took me 40 something years to find my person. Um, and so I want, I want it to be a true partnership and relationships are uncertain anyway. And we do, we do partner relationships and we do, the energy that's brought together with two people. So I could, after I identified Warner as soul languages, I could identify the partnership energy between us. And then we could develop what put into our partnership. But that's not the relationship I want. I don't want a metaphysical relationship. I want, you know, he's a person that can make me laugh even when I don't want to. And that is such a blessing and such a freedom because sometimes I deal with really, really heavy crap. And so it's, it's just perfect. I know I'm gushing. You are. It's beautiful. I saw your energy shift. Yeah. I just, I, he's my person and I love him. That is awesome. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Little yay moment for love. (laughs) Okay. So what, okay. We've, we've talked about soul language. We've talked about being an intuitive. We're missing the human part of it. Oh, the human part. Um, I think the human part for most people, especially highly intuitive and spiritual people, is the hardest part. You know, it's the, and it's really also where the gold is because as you're human and you move to less judgment, it, it allows something greater to occur. I mean, I had a really, I had several human moments this week. Um, I had an interaction with someone on my list that I was like, you pissed me off. I was like, I'm done with you. You pissed me off. It's inappropriate. Like, not very spiritual, but I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think really allowing for those human moments and to embrace them and to go, okay, I could have done that better. Um, allows you for a deeper sense of being authentic and it allows for a deeper sense of connection. I'm not perfect. Yeah. Okay. I'm totally on board with you. And I, I think that sometimes saying fuck it is one of the most spiritual things we can do and say. Yeah. You're claim like that moment. I'm like, I am claiming that this is inappropriate for me. Mm-hmm. Like this is not the way I want to play with people. And why should I get all of your flack for something that you're angry about the world or the system about? Yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Right. And so 
you know, I think it allows us to claim a bigger, a bigger way to be seen. Mm. Yeah. You've used the word play a few times. What does that mean to you? I have. Mm-hmm. Um, it means fun. It means not being so serious. Warrior energy can be very serious. Um, it means bringing some lightness, some sacred feminine energy to it. Um, to me, it just means letting go. That was a great question, by the way. Thank you. Play is one of my favorite, favorite things to explore in experientially and just to talk about. Love it. I think it's really interesting how we all incorporate play into our lives. Yes. And you just, I'm going to make a connection for you when we get off this. (laughs) Cause I just thought, Oh, you need to talk to so-and-so. So So I'm excited. Yay. Um, I, I love that you are such a connector. I think it's important. You know, I think that, I I mean, I'm, I'm an introvert. You know, there was a joke between friends like, oh, it's 59 minutes. Jen's going to go home. Like, you know, I've got a space of time, right? But I think it's really important that you have those individuals, those energies that you just resonate with and that support you um, and that you can build strong bonds with because, um, the universe is going to send you people as resources, not a tree. It could, but it's scary. So I think the more that you have those soulful connections, the better you are. Yes. And I'm very amused by your comment. <laughs> I love the vision of just opening your door and there's a tree. Hello. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Yes. So, okay. Quickly back to play. How do you play? Um, I do a series of things. Like I love to read for reading for me is so like relaxing and playtime. I love the movies. Um, I'm obsessed with this spa called Sojo spa, which is like, you go there and like millions of pools and blah, blah, blah. And I love that. Um, I love to laugh. So play for me is, you know, watching a good movie or having a good conversation um, or just being. I think play can be anything that's not serious, which can be everything. Yeah, we can't, if we decide that we need to be all serious and adult-like. Yeah. We can do that all the time. Yeah, I'm good at adulting. I'm always good at it. Um, I've had to learn or constructively put play back into my life. I mean, I was the kid that you could leave in her room for hours and she would entertain herself. Um, I'm still that way, but now I spent a good chunk of the last 15 years entertaining myself with work. So now it's bringing more entertainment into entertaining. Yes, yeah. So what do do you like to read? Oh my God, I'm fiction. Mysteries. Like, like I love those bad mystery, female mysteries where they have recipes included in the back. I love those. Wait, I'm not familiar with these books. Oh my God. There's like a whole series out there. Like, you know, that you could like, one's like a caterer and the other one's like a tea shop owner. Like, I just love them. And I'm like, and I guess who the, this is the funny thing. By page three, I know who the murderer is. (laughs) But I still love it because it's like, 
it's just so fun to me. And I, I love to, you know, read science fiction. I'm a big science fiction fan. So um, those are the type of, I never read self-help books. Not, I'm going to not use the word never. Um, I hardly, and I hardly read nonfiction. Mm. I need a good fiction hit. I've been reading too many nonfiction books lately. I got I get in this. I can send you. Okay, good. I get in this rut where like, I've got too many unfinished books. So I have to finish the unfinished ones before I can play, which is really just laziness. Or just read the back end, the last page of the thing and you're done. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can I already tell you all of the books that I haven't finished yet. I've, I'm already done with them. Done. <laughs> I just don't have a backup. I'll, I'll send you some backup ideas. Excellent. All right, so what else, what haven't we covered? I think we covered a lot. All right. Well, then where can people learn more about you? They can contact me at soullanguage.us. There's a lot of audios there. There's a discovery session there that's going away in the new year um, where one of your languages will be identified. They can contact me. I answer my own email. I pick up my own phone. Um, so come play with me. Or they could access the Facebook group at Spiritual Renegades on Facebook. And you've got a podcast too, right? I do. It's called Superpowers of the Soul. And thank you for mentioning that. You are welcome. Jennifer, this has been such a gift. Thank you so much for sharing oh. your time and your soul and your, your heart and your energy. Oh my God, it's like the best Thursday morning. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.